I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. Welcome to episode two of the Talking with Giants podcast. This week, a legion of Giants fans rejoice as they exclaim, Hail Caesar! The mercurial Australian's 13-point haul and the Giants' last-second drop goal winner left crashes of Rhinos fans flaccid at the chest as the Giants gain a little revenge for last season's two single-point defeats. But do we need to seize onto and remember these moments whilst he's still at the club? The rumour mill is beginning to churn. And ready to churn out some considered opinion on this week's events, we have Josh Darticus Phillips and the Maximus Decimus Meridius to the Emperor Commodus of the podcast. It's Jake Rowlands and Nathaniel Wood. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Good evening, Good evening Matt. Right then, guys. Huddersfield Giants 14, Leeds Rhinos 13. So it was about 25 podcasts at last time I started one before I could talk a win for a Huddersfield side. And this time... <laughs> Pretty much straight off the bat. Excellent. So Giants get their league campaign up and running in a close encounter. Uh, a bit of a slow start, Jake. Pretty much allowed the Rhinos in, in early doors, but it seems to be becoming a bit accustomed to that in a minute. Yeah, I think I said in uh, our chat group, I think if we, if we played Rochdale, I think we'd uh, we'd come off worse in the first 15 minutes. just seems to be a habit we've not got out of for the last oh, few years, isn't it, really? Starts so slow. And again, goes back to that discussion last week. I don't think we've got the prop forwards to be able to start a game and get on front foot. I think we're just constantly chasing, aren't we? And same again at the weekend. Caesar, Aiden Caesar. So we'll talk about this guy. So Leeds Rhinos obviously edged in front, but a nice step after a disallowed, uh, disallowed try for offside, which looked a little harsh, but I will say inconclusive. Our league, um, I did watch the the game via our league and uh, I did email the the ticket office at the Giants and I had a, a nice email back from a chap called Tim Burton. Slightly slightly alarming at first. I wondered if there was a bit of Sweeney Todd going on there. But, you know, <laughs> brilliantly helpful. I have to say thanks to the Giants uh, ticket office. Really fast and helpful. It was great, uh, which allowed us to uh, to watch the game. But Aidan Caesar stepped in. Um, a really nice try there, uh, Josh, and, and good to see uh, good to see Aidan Caesar hitting, hitting back to form. Yeah, definitely. You know, he looks... Um Looks back to full fitness now. To be honest, um, running at the line there for that first try, he's got he's got that in his game. He can he can get over. He can run at the defence. He can equally throw a pass out wide to Darnell or Jerry to for a walking try. But shows there the variety he's got in his game. He can also run at the defence, um, and he did that to good effect. Showed good strength to get over the line. And uh, I felt we needed a try at that point in the game. If we'd come up dry in that set, I think. You know, maybe more doubt would have crept in the minds of the players, but to get over there, that was a big moment in the game and gave us uh, belief for the rest of it. Well, like Ian Watson said this uh, after the game, that that was probably the only good ball set we started in there. Twenty really, that flat try was that's the only one we had in the first half. 
goes back to the slow start. I don't think we were well that slow starting. I think we just conceded first. Um, but the slow start, we got into it. We had a good ball set and Caesar scored. Um, I actually think the first try that he scored, I think the decision was just right. And I think Caesar was on side, but the people who played the ball then, the stupid rule of they've advanced inside the 10 metres when the Leeds full-back hadn't attempted it. So I think they just got that right. But yeah, Caesar stepped up. Like I said, he, he seemed to run the ball a lot more yesterday. Not just for his try, but he seemed to run it a lot more than he has in the previous two weeks. And I think if he runs the ball, it just seems that his performances are better. And if he plays well, the rest of the team seems to play better, don't they? So I thought it were good signs from him yesterday. Mm. So the end of the first half, start of the second, really saw our best spell, really, and, and a bit more free-flowing play. Um, do you suspect this is what the long-term vision is under Ian Watson? And uh, what a sell by Gaskell on uh, on Conrad Hurrell as well. Interesting, isn't it? Because I think maybe Nathaniel, you're the one to um, jump in on this because watching the game, you I think you explained to me quite well because I've been watching this game for a long time. Um but I'll be the first to admit I'm not an expert and I'm always keen to learn from what, how other people see the game. So I think you explained it quite well, uh, Nathaniel, what, what Watson's trying to get from this team and it sort of helped me get my head around it as I was watching it. Yeah, just from what we got, like I say, the HGC, we had a few players on it during pre-season. They were talking about the arm wrestle and the grind and you know going set for set with these clubs and the, Ian Watson's just trying to get them to enjoy that, trying to enjoy the tough work they need to do in the middle and as fitness will prevail most weeks and we'll come out on top at the end. And I actually thought halftime yesterday probably came at the right time for Leeds. Um, we were just really starting to get on top first half and I thought they needed half time and we probably didn't want it. Um, so to see us come out of the blocks, like we did the second half. And I think basically the same move we did at OK, I want it. Same down the left, Gaskell cuts through and we had enough support inside and outside. I mean, Gaskell could have gone to the Darnell on the left or Aiden inside and... So, yeah, it's just about enjoying the rook and let's enjoy this arm wrestle that they want to be in. And I think yesterday showed massively like the improvements in Watson's game. We didn't have the mentality normally to stay in the competition that long. And yesterday we did. So I think Ian Watson's processes are probably just starting to come through. And I think yesterday showed that a lot more than they have done in previous weeks. Yeah. And we won a tight game. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do, I do get what you're saying. I'm trying not to be too negative, but... I couldn't help come away, coming away from game thinking we've only scored 14 points against a team that's got about 10 first-team players missing. If Shoe were on the other foot and we had 10 first-team players missing, how many points would we concede? But we don't have the squad that Leeds have. No, we don't. But looking at that squad yesterday, you've got to be putting more than 14 points on that squad. And I get but, that. And I can see people's point. But my other point was to people is Leeds Rhinos had a worse team out against St. Helens in the Cup. Saints were a better team than us. But Saints could only just beat him, and Leeds went down to 12 men that game. And Saints couldn't do what our fans expected us to do. If St. Helens can't do it, then Huddersfield will have no wins this season. We don't have no God-given right to do that. We had to work hard. Leeds made it a dogfight and just what they needed to do, and I thought Leeds did well. Yeah, oh, I, I, I agree with that, but I, I've not come away from any game yet this season thinking that we're capable of scoring more than 20 points in a game very often. I don't know about you guys, but the yeah, attack looked good at times against Leeds but I saw nothing in, nothing over the course of the game to suggest that we could go on and put some points on a team we've, we've all said haven't we over the last few years you know we get in a good position and we never 
we're never able to kill a game off or just get just get that little bit in front. We always just get dragged back. Or, you know, even against Dulcaya last year, I think it was, where, you know, we were winning comfortably, weren't we, against Leeds both times. We always find a way ourselves, I feel, to, to just, you know, not push on and, and, and close games out. And yeah. it just, yeah, and it's, it's, you know, we don't look like we could hammer a team, do we? But we don't look like we could get hammered as well. It's going to be a lot of... Yeah, sorry, Josh. I, I agree sorry. with that, um, Jake. The, the, the point I sort of look at is um, I thought Giants deserved to win the game. I thought they were they were worth the two points fully. Uh, I thought the performance was decent. I thought it was very solid. Um, but I think when you, when you don't... Um, when you're on top of a game like we were at the end of that first half, second half, that's really where your ruthless teams who get in your top five really put the game to bed. And really only took one line error really from from Cogger to let Leeds back into the game. And I think that might yeah. be one slow frustration or one one little frustration from the game. And and I can see what Cogger's trying to do. He's trying to close the gap, isn't he? Anticipate the pass. That's 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 fine, it happens. But the thing is when you're on top like we are, you you probably do need to um put the team to the sword. And Leeds are decent, like Nathaniel says. Leeds are Leeds are decent. They've got a good squad. I thought Broadbent showed up really well for them as well. Um but going forward, I think you've got to also appreciate where Ian Watson is at this moment in time with his squad of players. And I think the mentality that they showed to come through that, despite Leeds coming back, was decent. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy with the, with from what I saw personally. But yeah, I, I do agree. As time goes by, maybe we'll expect an Ian Watson side then to to put, you know, a Leeds Rhinos, injury hit Leeds Rhinos away. But I think for the moment in time and where they're at, I thought the result and the performance was decent in Sorry to just jump in there. I think you've also got to remember that before that game, we'd lost our last nine league fixtures. So, you know, any win, you've got to start somewhere. Um, I know what you're saying, Jake. We don't look like we're not going to be a free-scoring team. I just It doesn't look that way at the moment. But um, we did score the second try from range, which um, we hadn't looked like doing previously. But I, I think just to get any win was was the vital thing. And then we can build on from that and once winning becomes more of a normal habit again, then we might see a few more uh, points posted as the confidence builds. I mean, I, I think in the first 25 minutes, that's the way we've got to play. Get the ball out wide onto edges. I don't see how we're going to come on top in the first 10, 15 minutes, you know, in a lot of games. And, and as you've seen over the first few games, we concede. And if, if we go 12 points down, the game's totally different in it than when you're six points down. Because if we've only got 18, 20 points in us, or roundabout, you know, when you're 12 points behind at half time or, or going into half time, it's it's hard to make that up against better teams, isn't it? You know, your Warringtons, your Hulls, your Catalans, your your St. Ellens, and you know, I think we've got to be better that first first 20 minutes. If we score first, I'll, you know, God, I think we're going to win a game, no problem. Um, but again, you know, second half against Leeds, we didn't win. The, we didn't win, did we? We were one point. I think we were at nine eight second half. You know, and it, the three games before we've come on better in second half. I didn't feel like we did that. We did it first ten minutes at second half, and then I thought the last thirty minutes we were a bit, bit iffy in patches, um, and we definitely struggled when Leeds start throwing the ball around. We seem to struggle with you know when teams do that, don't we? Um, and I think we we look better when we do that as well. You know, when throwing the ball out wide, getting out to Lutelli or Wardle earlier on in season, we look more threatening, um, and, and we don't seem to start playing like that until we've gone twelve point six, twelve, you know, twelve points behind, and that that's a bit about our game plan. I don't understand really. I'm in agreement with Josh. I think it doesn't matter how we managed to win yesterday. I think we just needed them two points. Um, obviously, like Josh said, you go back to last last year. We we haven't won in nine games in the league, and Ian Watson not won in the league, and obviously I'm not saying this from a personal point of view, but 
for knowing a few Giants fans, I reckon if we'd have lost yesterday, the pressure would have been probably mounted on Ian Watson. And the fans might have been starting to ask a bit of questions on him because he played four, is it played, we played four or five in the league and lost, lost them all. It's, fans will ask questions. Um, but the performance for me didn't matter. Uh, yeah, it was ugly, but would you take an ugly win, then play well and lose? Oh, yeah, says that Ellen was our best performance, but we lost. So would I take an ugly win like yesterday or a good performance to lose? Then the first win, I'd take an ugly win. Just I know the club keep coming out and they said that players are confident, players are happy, there's a buzz around the place, but when you've lost your first four, three, four games, every it in the league, then it's totally different to when you've won a game. I'm sure they'll go in either today or they'll be in tomorrow. And yeah. There'll be a different buzz, a different bounce around. They'll be looking forward to Friday night now. Now they've got that monkey off the back, and yeah. I think we will see a different team. Regarding your points, I honestly believe it'll come later in the season. I think once the players get used to being Watson, the way Watson wants to play, I think the points will come. You've got to remember we have played St. Helens, Hull, Catlan. Look at Hull, they play Wigan. They were 16 points, Matt, so what one Wigan the game, and Defence wins your games, you know, defence is the main part. I think that's what Watson's key on. Um, I think he's, like you said, we don't have many points in us, but I think Watson thinks that if we can score 22, 24 points, that, for me, that should be enough to win a game if your defence is on top. Yeah, and that's the thing as well, isn't it? Um, you know, Watson's trying to get these players to believe in what he's trying to get across to them. But unless you're getting results at some point, it's going to be harder to buy into, whereas... If they see, oh, we've won that game now. Let's, you know, let's crack on and carry on with this. You know, he loves to say about the processes, um, which you know may wind some people up. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, I know what he means. And now that we've got a win under the belts, I think the players should, you know, buy into it even more than they probably already were doing. I think what's quite key to remember as well is that we had four tries disallowed in that game. You know, you you, you put those tries in on the scoreboard, and and it's very different. And and I don't want this to be a referee bashing podcast by any stretch of the imagination. You know, it's 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 counterintuitive. It's, there's no point, really. You know, the game's gone. Um, but you know, the, there are three in the second half. There, I, I felt I did feel a bit sorry for Cruz leaving when Kenny Edwards grabbed hold of him. I thought thought Cruz sort of saw saw the bright lights then, didn't he? <laughs> like the tunnel and the lights, <laughs> bless him. But uh, it seemed to be that Conrad Huddle dropped a a knee on uh, on Kenny Edwards, which which fired him up, didn't he? But there's three there's three in the second half. That obviously the Edwards. Thing, the interference, you can't do that. That's not really your come up for discussion. But there's another two tries there for Jones and and, um, and Yates, wasn't it? Whereby you just think, you know, they could have gone either way. Our league doesn't give you the, you know, our league is good, but it doesn't give you the, you know, the coverage Sky does. So we can't sit here and say definite yes or no. But that does give a different slant on the scoreboard. And then and then you're happy, Jake, aren't you? Yeah, oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the, the Yates one baffled me the most because... I didn't think he'd scored the try, but I just couldn't understand how he'd knocked on. His arm was over the ball the whole time. And I just come away from that thinking, what the hell? You know, <laughs> um, maybe if the ref saw something else, we didn't. But I never saw his hand leave the ball. I don't know about you guys, but I couldn't understand that. Um, yeah. I, I, I left scratching my head with that one. That's a bit ridiculous, really. <laughs> yeah, it, didn't, it didn't look a knock on, did it? But for me, the, the Jones one, I mean, like you say, the hour league doesn't show if they're all in line, if they're on offside, onside. But that one looked to me, just judging by my eye, that looked to try. The other, the other three, I thought, well, I can sort of understand why he's not given it. But to have, did we have four disallowed? I mean, that's, in most games, one of them's going to get given, at least one. And I think we're unfortunate to have four, short of. Yeah. Four disallowed, um, 
as I said previously, I thought the first one in the first half, it was probably just right. The guy's playing the ball was behind Cogger. I think it was who put the kick in, was in front of him. It was in 10 when the ball landed. So the frustrating bit about that one is they don't always get given if they're not on Sky. Um, but because we had Robert Hicks as the touch judge, who was actually a referee, seemed to pick that up, which if you should have a normal touch judge, I'm not quite sure that had been picked up. Uh, the Josh Jones one, I actually thought Josh Jones was offside personally. I got a bit of stick from a few mates by saying that, saying I've uh, the girlfriend's got my got her tinted glasses over me. But uh, listen to Watson, he said he's listened on the press conference after the game. He said he's listened to the, he's seen on the video, and he can't see why Josh Jones was given offside. So I'll put my hand up. Maybe I ran with that one, and the ref and touch just got it wrong. Um, the Josh, the Luke Yates one. My point was the referee has a lot better view than we did in our league, and he's he was confident to disallow it. And then, I don't know if anyone's listened to the Ian Watson interview after the game, he explains why he feels that the season in the first half should have been given and why the Josh Jones one should have been given. But he actually just said on the Luke Yates one, well, that's fair enough. Yeah, he said he knocked on, didn't he? He said he knocked on. I don't yeah. know if he's seen the video and think, yep, the ref got it right, Luke Yates has knocked mm-hmm. on. But I agree with Jay. When I watched it, I couldn't see it, but I just kept saying to myself, well, the referee's five metres away. Sure, he's got a better view than the others. And like Matt said, the Kenny Edwards one, you no matter what Cruz Lieben's done to him you can't grab him and push him out of way or Brian goes through unfortunately so, yeah. but. it was uh, it was Yates' reaction as well because he was he was fuming wasn't he and uh, you don't usually have it usually when people have knocked on you know he's trying to count ref and he could just tell by his reaction he thought he'd you know I thought he'd, well, he, he looked like he thought he'd scored a try to be honest but yeah, it was a bit of a strip, bit of a strange one. one. one there were a guy but, next to it. I can't remember who it was, but someone next to Yates as well seemed adamant that it was a try. But you know, yeah. I thought I thought is it Liam Moore the referee? I thought he did a decent job overall. And you know, to me, he's a, a newish name. He's probably not a new name, but he's, he's a newish name that's come across me. And I thought he did well. And you know, more power to the uh, to the referees that we that you don't always see on Sky like Hicks, etc. Then you know, uh, so fair play to him uh, on that one for sure. Uh, Ian Watson concurred a little bit, uh, Jake, with what we said afterwards with uh, that he thought we should have won by more. Uh, and you know, and that that was good to see as well, wasn't it? That you know he's not satisfied with a, a fourteen thirteen win. You know he wants more. He, you know he's thinking along your lines, really. You know he can. I think he can see the bigger picture going forward as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I know some people think I just moan and I'm a bit a bit negative, <laughs> but I come yeah, from a, a, a running a running background where I used to compete at cr- high level at cross country and stuff. And you've got to have that aggression and want to win. And you know, in in a spot like that, there's only one winner. You know what I mean, and I have that eight to lose, you know, mindset, and it's you come away sometimes. I come away from game thinking, and we were quite lucky, but I've watched it again, and you know, maybe changed my mind a little bit. But you know, Leeds, if if they had a different, you know, kicker, someone like Gale on field, they'd have won that game, wouldn't they? Let's face it, they'd have taken two of them chances. You know, there were some poor misses. You know, that we'd have missed them last year or earlier on this year. Um, but like I said, we got a line, and I think it's great mentally. I think it'll push us on to next week because if we'd have lost that game, you know, coming up to the St. Helens game, her season could have been theoretically over, couldn't it? You know, out at cup, eight to ten points behind top top five. You know, what what can we realis- realistically do then through the season? You know, now we've closed the gap. We've got two points. We've got massive game next week against St. Helens, which I'm, I'm backing us to win. If I'm honest, I've just got a really sneaky feeling. <laughs> Josh, you were you were quite excited when on WhatsApp when uh, Gaskell made that kick. It was it was a really good set as well because everyone from Leeds knew that well thought that Aiden Caesar was going to uh, 
going to drop and he moved to an angle, didn't he? And that created a great space in the middle for Gaskell. It was it was clever play, really. Oh, I'll tell you what, there were some, some scenes in this flat when that went over. I bet <laughs> the neighbours neighbors wondered what was going on. But um, it was a weird one because when he passed it back to Gaskell, I thought, he's too far out here. You know, we're not good at drop goals at the best of times, never mind from 30 plus metres out. And as it went towards the post, I thought, well, he's probably gone wide, but, you know, golden point, we've still got a chance. And then when he, when he gave it as over, I was, oh, it was unbelievable. But yeah, going back to what Jake said, um, was it, I think it was Sutcliffe. He, he missed some oh, golden opportunities. Really, really close to the posts. And that was sort of reminiscent of us last year. But I felt like we, we owed him one for that game we threw away last year at Headingley. Yeah, that was a painful defeat. So it's good to get one back. I think we owed him one for that. Um, I, don't, I don't agree with Jake often, but yeah. Uh, I agree with where he said that if they've had Luke, not even just Luke Gale, I think probably Richard Myler, Kyle mm-hmm. Eastmond, Robert Lewis, any of their four main half fullbacks were fit. Uh, I'd back any of them would probably keep the drop goals, unfortunately, and Sutcliffe missed, fortunately for us. Um, but yeah, going back to the, the Gaskell one, um, I thought it was a great player to set up. They knew that Gaskell was going to have more, more space and more time. and Again, listen to Ian Watson, it sounded like that's what they'd been working on in training, just in case these were shut down. So, fair play to them for practising it, and good to see that the practice is coming off. Um, like I said, last year, we, for me, we definitely wouldn't have won a game like that. Um, so, for us to get over the line and win a game like this year, just proves that Ian Watson's just getting his things into this team, and we are, I think we are going to start moving up and start seeing good signs now. I agree with that fully. Uh, right, let's. Uh, right, I'm going to bring in a new feature. These things always excite me when bringing in new features. So, uh, let's hear what the other side think. So, uh, I've gone to. Uh, I haven't gone very far in my little clique. So, Richard Kosmala uh, is a Leeds Rhinos fan for some reason, uh, and he uh, sent me a little voice memo today of his thoughts on the game from a, a Leeds Rhinos perspective. <laughs> That's it, sending this message uh, to you Giants guys, it's absolutely bouncing down, it's grey, I mean Central Leeds and yeah it's quite apt really, sums up how us uh, Rhino fans are feeling at the moment, uh, especially after another defeat, uh, tough one to take yesterday but Obviously, we've got on the right side of these against you the last uh, couple of times. And I've got to be honest, when I saw our team line up about quarter to two yesterday, I expected you to win well by about 18 to 20 points. I mean, it's going to be a story of the season, really. And a lot of fans are sick of hearing it, but it's just a fact. So many injuries. The halfbacks absolutely decimated yesterday. Uh, Kyle Eastman, another guy who pulled up in training, so without them, we're out without Luke Gale for a bit now, Robert Louis long ter- longer term than him. And yeah, when you've seen Cruz leaving a guy, obviously you know well at you know, playing half back, you know the uh, problems that we've got. And I thought we did all right. Uh, I think the difference in the game was Aidan Caesar, an obvious thing to say really with uh, two tries, but it wasn't really that. It was just kind of how we kind of marshaled things really, something that we lacked. And uh, yeah, your first try were pretty sensational really. So... Yeah, we're quite buoyed, and if we'd have had, you know, yeah, a Gale in there instead of uh, Sutcliffe, who dropped goal attempts, there were some woeful efforts, really, and probably cost us the game, really. A bit of smart play at the end. Uh, 
but no qualms really with the result. I mean, you had a couple of tries disallowed, really. I thought you were, you know, better than us, and we kind of hung in there, really. I think the the highlight for us this season has been our pack. I think Oletsky's been outstanding. I thought Matt Pryor, again, he stepped up. Captain's armband, really, you know, good. Kept us in the game, and I think once you went 12-4 up early on in the second half, I expected you to pull away. So the fact that, you know, we showed a bit of, you know, courage again, which we've done a lot this season. Our Shandley's tried really good, and we got, you know, level with a penalty shortly after. And again, it became a bit of a shootout with drop goals, really. And... Uh, they come on the wrong side of it as well. I thought for you, uh, I thought Kenny Edwards did a good job uh, kind of winding people up as well. A bit of a kind of biff in your forward line and that as well. I thought he did good. Obviously, Gaskell showed some poise. Christmas Queen, I thought, did okay. But yeah, from a Rhino's right point of view, it's a weird one because you know what it's like. Facts uh, don't pay the bills really and Pressures Martin and Agar, but I don't think you can say anything really with so many guys missing. Pretty much eight to ten players all this season. Yeah, we've lost four out of five. St. Helens in the cup again, another brave effort. But I don't think you can say anything really, you know, until we've got players back. And I think the big problem that we're going to have is that by the time maybe we get everyone back, season could be done. And obviously, we're not going to go down because Lee are awful, but it's not. Yeah, it's not what we all wanted. But what can you do? Uh, Bit of a just a nightmare scenario, really, and uh, we just need some bodies back. We can't argue with anything, really, with uh, you know the efforts though. They've been really, really good, apart from OKR the other week, where we were really poor. You know, this was this was a good, good effort. And like I said at start, I expected you to win by more. I thought you made every weather of it, really. But again, I suppose it's two out of sorts sides, confidence low, and yeah, fair play. And I'd have given anything to be there, even to put up with a cowbell and that. Big G guy with the jump, you know. We want to get back in the stadiums and I think we're all looking forward to that. The end of uh, May, I think, our first game is against Hull and where we can get back in 4,000 and then, yeah, 4,000 in against St. Helens. So, yeah, that's what we've got to look forward to. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a season of... Uh, it hasn't really started, really, for us. And uh, congratulations to you, Giants, guys, because I know what it feels like to uh, win by a point in a tight game but yeah your turn yesterday so good on you there we go thanks to uh cozy for his uh for his little mini match apart not much to disagree with there i think it's it's interesting as well to uh to see the other side because i think last week and maybe this week we, we kind of think maybe our forward pack lacks that kind of biff so it was interesting to see him raise kenny edwards as, as having a good game and, and causing trouble from their side so i thought that was quite an interesting little bit of insight from from the other side what do you guys think to yeah, well, yeah. Well, that was a fair assessment to be honest um, I don't know if you remember a few years ago um, just as we'd signed Wolford um, and Chris Foreman were in charge and we had endless amounts of injuries similar to the amount Leeds had yesterday seniors had just broke through and I think we drew the game didn't we you know you, you seem to sometimes you know when you've got quite a lot of injuries you seem to raise your game a little bit because you're, cause you're expected to get hammered and I think that's what Leeds did yesterday I mean I'd have come away from that game as a Leeds fan pretty pleased to be honest even though they lost the game they felt they could won I'd, I'd have been pretty happy with that you know like we were last week at St Helens we lost the game but we come away thinking we've done alright there I don't think Leeds have got anything to worry about I think when they get the players back I think there'll be a handful for St Helens Wigan everybody you know they'll look at some of the players they've got missing Tetivano Eastman Louis Gale you know some good good players there you know I think they'll be one of the better teams in competition once they get the players fit but going back to us I think we raise our game you know 
the better the competition is. You know, I think if, if Leeds had a full strength team, you'd have probably seen us perform a little bit better. We might not have won the game, but we'd certainly put a better performance in than we did yesterday. Um, which is it's a bit of a strange one, really. Like I said earlier in the, the podcast, where St. Helens who are the champions, they're the best team in the league, and we also the best team by quite a distance. Leeds in the Challenge Cup, they had a worse team than they had yesterday. Yeah, they did. Yeah, when Tentavano got sent off, which for me wasn't a red, they were they were right in that game, and they, they fought back even down to 12 and got themselves within two, four points. And like Jake said, the injuries seemed to lift them, and that's what they did yesterday for it, lifted them. You know, they knew that they had to make that game a bit of a dogfight, you know, make it scrappy. If they were just going to flow, they probably thought they'd have the better players on the field, they'll probably edge it out. They made it a dogfight, they made it scrappy, they did what they needed to do, and like I said, the missus is a Leeds fan, so she was happy yesterday coming away that, he, that they only lost by one, you know, she expected them to get beat by quite a bit, and so I think, yeah, I agree with him, Leeds fans should be quite proud, and I agree with Jake, want to get the likes of Lou Gale and Eastmond, and Harry Newman back fit and Conor Hull's properly fit out wide, then there'd be a handful for most teams. So I don't think there's anything to worry about this season. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think they're a very strong side. Um, Cruz Lehman, as much as I, I do like him as a player, there's no way he's a halfback. So when I saw that he was in the halves yesterday, that did, you know, make me think we could get something out of this game more than I already did think. Um, but yeah, you know, they did they did put up a good show. To be fair, considering how many injuries they've had. Um, that was pretty good um, comparison you made there, Jake. When we we had the same uh, a couple of years ago against them, and we put out a similar performance, it can sometimes um, you know spur players on and think you've got a siege mentality, everything's everything's against us, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought they put up a really good effort against us, um, but I do think we just about edged it and uh, deserved the win. It's quite frightening how. Uh... Some of those players that they've got missing, they've got those, those half-pack choices are frighteningly good, aren't they, really? Um, right. So let's go on to uh, some of our more conversational points of uh, the game. So, Josh, uh, you're a stats man. I haven't got an yeah. intro for this, I'm sorry. But. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm taking my role as Stato very seriously, and I've devised a little spreadsheet so we can keep a track of uh, you know how things are going through the season. Um, so... Just, uh, I've done sort of some team takeaways and some individual takeaways from the match. So first of all, in terms of the actual uh, the team takeaways, and that's the first game this season in which we've scored the same number of tries as the opposition. It's always been either more or less, but it was two each, so good to come out on top of a close game. And it's the first league game this season in which we've made considerably more metres than the opposition, uh, 63 more in that game. Uh, we made more against Hall KR, but that was only uh, seven more. So this is the first, uh, yeah, like I say, considerable number that we've made more. Um, interestingly, uh, it's the game in which we've had the fewest runs from dummy half and the fewest offloads, which suggests uh, the game plan from Watson was uh, to keep it simple in the slippery conditions. And I think we did that effectively uh, because we actually made the fewest errors in any match this season, only nine errors. Um, every other game we've been in double figures in that stat. So playing an error-free game was the what we had in mind and that's what we managed to achieve. Uh, in terms of individual takeaways, statistically, our throng, strongest three players were Josh Jones, Luke Yates and Jermaine McGilvery. And that's the fifth time 
in six matches so far this season that McGilver has been in our top three uh, in stats, which is quite impressive. Still got and it, mate. He's still got he it. Has, he has, you know, he does... He's, people think he's, he's losing what he had and maybe he's not as good as he was, but he's still very, very effective for us. And I think when he's out of the team, we really do miss him. Um, for Josh Jones, that's the fourth time he's been in the top three for the stats and it's the first time for Luke Yates. Incidentally, Luke Yates, that's the third game in a row that he's been our top tackler with 52 tackles. So as we knew when we signed him, he's going to be a workhorse and really set an example uh, for the forwards, even though he's not the biggest, I think he, he makes up for his size in every other department, really. I, I really do like him as a player. And uh, Josh Jones, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his. Um, and he was a top average game, uh, average game maker, meter maker for the second con- con- consecutive game. Uh, not far behind him was Ricky Latelli. So uh, improved uh, performance from him. And uh, Aidan Caesar. Uh, he made his most attacking kicks in any game this season, which further supports what we said earlier, that he's back to full fitness and he's um, ready to take on all his duties that he uh, normally does have when he's uh, firing on all cylinders. Some territory in there as well, won't they, Josh? Um, yeah, fantastic. So you're, I think we're all big fans of Josh Jones. I'm quite, I'm always quite wowed by, uh, by I'll call it the ill crabtree factor, whereby they start, don't they, on the fringes and then move, slowly move in. And, and he's... he's you can see the the strength in his legs, as you know, as uh, as Nathaniel, you said this as well in the um, in the WhatsApp group that we've had. You know, he takes the impact the first hit, and he still keeps going, and he's still. And this is something I've noticed of the Giants over the last sort of three, four, five years, is that the the pack don't really make much impact after the first tackle. You know, in, you know, someone gets tackled, and that's it. You know, down. To, whereas Josh Jones comes in and. He's got people come, you know. He's got one on his leg. He's got another one on his back and his shoulders, and he's he's still going. It's it's great to see, isn't it, when those legs are pumping? Yeah, Josh Jones is. He played second row, didn't he, yesterday? And did someone say that was a good good place to play him? I think maybe he just said that he moved out to second row, and it likes it. Probably he's been impressive ever since he joined us. But I actually, thought it was his best game. Um, like you said, it'd be interesting if we could get the stats on the meters he made after contact. It's he seems to go 10 metres with people on his back and around his legs and it just helps you move forward and it's impressive when you see it. Um, we used to have someone called Paul Jackson back in the day who used to be so good at that too and since then we've never really had that impact and Josh Jones is either spinning out of tackle or he's carrying three men on his back and making yards and I just think if he carries on like that and the forwards get on the back of him then we'll do alright and I think he's he'll quickly become the leader of our pack um, and people that our followers probably should look up to and follow his example because, like I said, since he's joined us, I think he's been outstanding in most games. So. Great signing. He's just, got, he's just got a knack of not being able to put on his back by the opposition. Yep. He just he just yep. keeps himself upright. And he's, oh, I think he's brilliant. <laughs> I really like him. He always seems to know the right time to offload too mm. and when not to offload. Um, there were a few yesterday that we... Someone offloaded, I think it was Gavitt offloaded, and it went straight to Leeds, man, with 10 minutes to go. And it's like, why, no, why are we doing that way? Josh Jones seems to know this is the right time to let yeah, it yeah, out, yeah. this is the time to take it up. And yeah, I think he's a smart rugby player, too, I think. So I think he's been a very good signing so far. For me, for me though, do you not think Jones is more like a prop, a second row prop forward than the likes of Yates and Bruno are? For me, if we move Jones to prop, 
I won't have any qualms about that because you know you can make the meters. You know you can do big minutes. He's got a good offloading game. I just keep looking at Bruno and Yates and I'm thinking they're not props. They really aren't props. And that that's part of the issue, I think, with our, you know, the way we start a game. We're starting with Yates and Gavit. You know, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Gavit. That's well known. I think he's pretty poor in terms of an overseas prop. don't think he makes many metres. Silly offloads. Not the best fitness levels. Yeah, Yates, workhorse. But is he a prop? For me, he's a, like I said last week, I think he's a loose forward. I think you have him in middle at park, like we used to have Bruno last year. He's a tackling machine. He'll play 80 minutes and he'll, he'll you know, he'll, he'll tighten that defence up in middle. Don't think he's a prop. I'd personally leave Josh Jones at second row. I won't have any at props because I don't think he's a prop. I was surprised yesterday that we started Joe Greenwood at loose forward and we started with Yates at prop and Bruno on the bench. Um, I'd probably much rather start Joe Greenwood at prop and like you said, Luke Yates, Michael Lawrence is a 13. Um, Joe Greenwood, I think they came and they said he's played prop for England or England Knights. So he's played there before. Um, I was surprised we start with Joe Greenwood at 13 because Joe Greenwood for me is either an edge player in the back row, which for me you don't get in over Kenny Edwards and Joe Wardle. Or Josh Jones. So when Joe Wardle's fit, he gets in over him at second row for me too. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see Joe, uh, Joe Greenwood move to prop probably. And then if you want to play 13, like I say, you've got Luke Yates and Michael Lawrence, you've got two top class 13s there who can play 80 minutes and do all your day work for you. It's interesting because before the season started, I was sort of wondering have we got too many players that are too similar in the forwards and I, th- I think unfortunately that seems to be uh, the way it's playing out um, I really like a lot of our forwards but they're not they're not monsters you know they're all pretty similar you know Yates and Lawrence utility forwards the aren't game. they yeah, yeah they, they, both, they both go through a mountain of tackles for you but they're not going to take you from your own goal line to the halfway line you know what I mean yeah, I've just just, just to clarify as well, sorry, I don't think Jones is a prop. I just think he'd be more suited out of the three to play a prop than what yeah. Yates and Bruno are. No, I'd agree there. That's fair. Well, so, yeah, maybe. So Josh Jones, um, sorry, uh, Josh Jones, sorry, Josh Jones, ex-centre. Uh, Jake, we'll take you on to your, your talking points because there's some options now building out there at centre and uh, it's going to be a case of who's best for the roles. Yeah, for me, I get the sneaky feeling that Watson's always going to go with Lutelli over Jake Wardle, probably because he's his signing. They're both left, you know, left-sided players. For me, when we put Jake Wardle on the right in pre-season against Leeds, he looked totally out of place. Whether that had come, the you know, more the get more game time he gets. But me personally, I'd have Jake Wardle in that left centre spot every week if he's fit. You know, he's that X-factor player. Um, Lutelli for me is more of a. He's not a winger's centre. He's more of a you know hard running, can find the gaps himself. He don't look like he's got the hands to be able to put his winger in. He seems more of a strong running centre. So which one you move across to the right instead of Leroy? I don't know. If if you move one of them across to the right, I'm, I'm not too sure if Leroy's fit. To be honest, it's a, it's a good you know choice for Watson to have. Really, thought McQueen did well, well there last week. Looked up, didn't do as well this week in centres. Um, but yeah, good choices to have, I suppose, when you've got four. Four players you'd be happy with in a playing at centre. Not many teams have that luxury. Yeah, I'd like. I do like. Um, <clears throat> I mean, for me, Jake Wardle's got to be the first choice centre um, in the club. I think he's outstanding, and he's only going to get even better. But I do, I do like Latelli as well. He's a different kind of player, like you said. But if you if you had to push one out to the right, I think it would have to be Latelli because. 
like you said, Jake Wardle's not looked at home there when he's played there before. And I think for his development, he needs to be playing as a left centre. Whereas Letelli is a bit old, and I don't know, maybe would he be happy there? That's the thing, because we've got two two good players, but they want to play in the same position. So I don't know long term how that's going to go. It'd be interesting to see how it plays out. Letelli misses out every day a week for me. Um, yeah, he's a good player, and I get, and he's good signing to offer us. Um, but I agree with Jake and Josh. Jake Ward has to start. I don't care if that's left wing, left centre, right centre. Give Jake Wardle what he wants. Build your team around him because for me, Jake will be one of the best players in Super League soon. He's an outstanding talent. So, yeah, I agree with Jake. He's probably looked best at left centre. So, I'll be keeping Jake Wardle out there. And I wouldn't want to spoil the Kudjo Jerry partnership. I think it's brought so many points over the years. And I honestly believe that Jerry's probably not, because he's had a full pre season this year and he's not been away with England. It's probably a get rid of all the niggles and the injuries he's had. He's concentrating on getting properly fit. So it's the first time I should imagine he's feeling properly fit, ready to go. Um, and he's got his best mate, Leroy, just inside him. And just the relationship them to have, they know each other inside and out. So for that reason, Latelli would miss out for me. But like they've all said, for Ian Watson to have that decision to make, that's why I get paid the big, book, big bucks and where I sat on sidelines gossiping about it. Mm. And that's why that's why he wanted at the start of the season. He wanted competition for places. Yeah, so he's got what he wanted. Um, he gets paid to to make these decisions, and if it's correct, then the fans will love him. And if it's not right, then I'm sure we'll know about it on Facebook and Twitter after a game. Won't he? <laughs> um, From but, Jake. <laughs> yeah, Jake is probably giving Jake Wardle will play his bad fit. I'm sure Jake will be first one onto Twitter. So. But yeah, I agree with Jake. Jake Wardle's is a strike player, so get him out of that left centre. And for me, like you say, you build your team around him because he's the best young talent to come out of this club in a long time. Especially next week, you know, against St. Helens, if he's fit, he's got to play because, you know, it's it's hard to get them breaks against St. Helens as it is, but it's proved in past he can do it. Last year, he won his game, didn't he? You know, um, I think he's, he's one of a couple of players that can, that's got that big play. And, you know, like other teams, St. Helens have got three or four or five players, aren't they? They can pull off a big play. I think he's only one of two. You know him and Caesar. Uh, I don't see Gas. I don't think Gasco has that big play in him against. Uh, you know, in a massive game against. You know, like the Saint Helens Wigan, like he does, like he's had. You know, weekend and in previous weeks. But I think Jake Wardle and Caesar do. You know, no matter who we're playing. So for me, if he's fit next week on Friday, and I'm hoping that's the reason he wanted squad this week, because I know Watson mentioned the week before that they, they put him in the 21-man squad, didn't they? And they weren't sure if they were going to make it, and then then he got pulled out of the. Uh, weren't in the 21-man squad at all this week. So I'm hoping that's just because he's ready and raring to to play this week. We'll have to see. Mm, quandary indeed. I I, oof, I I think Jake Wardle should play every week. Uh, I think he's a, a great young player. Uh, where left side is obviously his best, but it just there's a little inkling in him. It just feels like it's a shame if he can't play right side because Jerry's the type of winger who needs someone just to play him in, you know, just, just to ghost him in. So it's a shame because I could see that being a decent combination if... Uh, if Jake was uh, was happy there, but if he's not, um, you play your best players in, your, in the best positions, don't you? And uh, for me, Jake Ward would uh, would get the nod over Lutelli, who who I thought played quite well, sort of fifteen twenty minutes after half time uh, the other day. So, uh, yeah, well, it, it was his best game for us that Lutelli. Um, I think first game, I want I want too sure and in pre season as well, but I thought he did, did really well at the weekend second half. Correct. It was the yeah. one of the disallowed tries. He made a really good diagonal dart in yeah, London, didn't he? and uh, and played in someone in. I think it was Yates in. Uh, right. He's a class player. Yeah, yeah. sorry, just he's, he's won NRL Grand Final, so you know he's he's not a bad player. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, let's go on to you, uh, Nathaniel. So your talking point. So you've got you've got a frustration, haven't you, with uh, with uh, somebody's well, more than somebody, but a couple of people's mouths. Yeah, it's just like I say, it's a frustration more than anything. Um, I'm not picking on Lee Gaskell or Ken Edwards here because I'm sure there's other players and other teams that do it. But every time they seem to get tackled and they feel like they're being held down, they they complaining to the ref. You can see the hand gestures and they're talking to the ref saying they want a, a set restart or a penalty. And especially Lee Gaskell, he's playing fullback at the minute and he's the first tackle and he's spending half his time arguing with the ref trying to get a penalty. Where for me, he should be concentrating on getting up, playing the ball quick, and trying to get his downfield on a, you know get a roll on and. Yeah, like I said, Ken Edwards for me on the left edge is fantastic. He's everything that, for me, that I love about rugby league playing. He's one of my favourite players, but just stop moaning at the ref. Let's just get up. Let's play the ball. Because by the time they've had a go at the ref and they're complaining at the ref about they want this set restart, the ref's not going to give you a set restart because you asked for one. It's probably more unlikely to say, no, screw you, you're not having one. But then, like yesterday, the lead defence then was set up. They were ready. They were ready to shoot off the line and smack the next player that's come running ball. And then all of a sudden, then you're on the back foot and you've got to try and gain that momentum again and gain getting on the front foot. And I just, it's just a frustration where I'd like to see him just try and get up, play the ball a bit quicker and, and get on with the game and let the ref ref the game, not you. No, with the Gaskell uh, one. Sorry, sorry, Joe. You'll go sorry. first, Josh. Sorry. Oh, cheers. With, with the Gaskell one, is there an argument to say he's, he's taking his time? to get the players forward to get back behind the ball? Sometimes, maybe. I can get that. Excuse <clears throat> me, but just get up and play it. Like, you, you've got both wingers back and if you give, like, yeah, if you get up and play quick and we've got Jerry waiting or we've got Darnell, they're both good runners of the ball and if their defence is set, then they can easily break through and make an half break and that will get your forwards in behind it rather than simple. Sometimes, yeah, I don't mind it if it's, you know, five minutes to go and, yeah. You want your players back, and you just your aim is just to complete your set, five drives, kick downfield, and defend. I get that, but when you're only two points in, and you've only just start second half, I think you just need to get up, play the game, and for me, stop trying to ref the game. And I get why you ask. I'm not blaming just them two because I'm sure Wigan, Saints, Leeds, Hulkar, they've all got players that do it, and it's just I think it's a frustration in the game more than anything, rather than just us both saying picking up on it with us. Being Giants fans watching Giants every week. Mm. Oh, I fully agree with that. I mean, I said it to you all yesterday, didn't I? It gets up and plays the ball so lethargically. And it's like when you're trying to get on front foot and as forwards, you know, are a bit smaller and we need to be playing ball quick. It just totally breaks up, breaks up the rhythm. You know, it, 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 I think I noticed it about, about eight times yesterday he did it. You know, he's just straight away. And sometimes he plays the ball dead slow, then looks up and speaks to the ref. And it's like, and he's not even doing it straight away, and it's like, come on, you know, we need to we, we need to play the ball quicker and get on get on front foot, but and it really does slow us down. Didn't notice it with Kenny as much. Um, maybe that's just me because I'm concentrating on Gaskell because he was winding me up with it. Um, I'll have to have a look at that one next week, but um, but yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's frustrating because I thought he had a really good game yesterday, Gaskell. Yeah, yesterday Gaskell, um, and it's just that part of his game. It's just, it's, yeah, it's just starting to moan a bit. And it's like, come on, just, you know, I think we've got to knock that on Ed for Friday. You know, we can't be afford to be doing that if we want, if thing, we want to get through. So the thing with uh, Kenny Edwards, I think he's got a bit of sort of the Danny Bruff syndrome yeah. where <laughs> if you want, if he's on your team, you love him. And if he's not on your team, you, you cannot stand the man. Uh, when he was playing for Catalan, I was, I, I couldn't stand him. <laughs> but when he's playing for us, I, I think it's part of his charm, like the way he, he moans about everything. So when he's when he's in defence, I don't know if you notice when he's 
when he's on top of a, a opposition player, he's he's always looking at the ref. <laughs> I think it's not a bad idea actually because it shows the ref that he's you're listening to his instructions and he very rarely gets penalised in the ruck. Um, but when he when he's on the ball, when he's playing the ball, he, he does he does like a man. But as I say, I think that's maybe part of his charm. I think you you raise a decent point as well, Josh. I think if you're winning and uh, the momentum's against you, I think it's you know a legitimate slowing tactic, if you like, at times, and, and people will use that. But I think when you need the points, uh, and especially when you you watch the NRL sides, you know, you, on a third, you know, Friday, Saturday morning, you know, you watch the NRL teams, and they're so fast out there, they the play of the ball, even the top team, top couple in Super League, and you just think, look, go at it well before the forwards are set on the opposition side, and you, there's there's more gaps, more holes. So it is frustrating, isn't it, when you can see on your TV screen that their line's not perfectly set, and you're like, look, there's so much you can go for there, but. Yeah, I agree. It is a frustration. Uh, but I, I would I would say there's probably legitimate reasons and a little bit of gamesmanship going on in there as well. But I think we're all in agreement that that could go that could possibly be reduced. I think shall we shall we say? Uh, right. So uh, in Huddersfield, it's very rare that you can have nice things, uh, and um, Aiden Caesar been one of those nice things, and he's been linked with a, a move away from the club. Uh, not something we really want to see. Yeah, Ian Watson's first season, it feels like Ian Watson's building uh, something going forward, you know, which which could last really for over the next sort of five, six years. Uh, losing your best player in season one would not be the best thing for us, would it, Josh? No, it wouldn't, but I, just get, I get the feeling uh, listening to Ian Watson's interview about it the other day. Uh, I think he feels a little bit resigned to the fact that he's not going to be here mm-hmm. next season. Um, whether he's here for the remainder of this season, I don't know. I know that he said he'd been offered to Brisbane. I, I don't know if that's for this season or next season. Ideally, we don't want to lose him this season because it'd be very hard to replace him. We'd have to you know, splash a bit even more money than we already have. But I think long term, as much as a great player as he is, I don't think Ian Watson sees him as staying around for a long time. And I think we will swoop for someone else um, in the off-season. I think, you know, Tui Lola here has been mentioned. Yep. Um, Watson liked him at Salford. I wouldn't be massively against that as long as, obviously, I wouldn't expect Lola here to be on the sort of money Caesars is on. So maybe we could invest that uh, extra cash in other departments. But, you know, Caesar is a class player and, you know, to lose him mid-season would be a massive blow. But I think as long as he stays for the for the remainder of this season, I think I'll reluctantly say, you know, fair enough. You want to go back to NRL next season, you know, no qualms about that. You've been a great player for us, but yeah, my my hope is that he stays for the remainder of this season. I can't see him going uh, this season. You know, he seems relatively happy here. You know, he's. I've seen note from him, you know, on his social media or anything like that that suggests he's happy. You could tell Matt Frawley straight away when he came over that it wasn't going to last two minutes, couldn't you? You know, he didn't look very happy. He's, uh, you know, you, you look at Caesar on, on Instagram and stuff and he's, he's doing bits all over, you know, he's, he seems relatively settled and happy. Um, I had heard a few weeks ago that the club were looking, you know, it was going quite well with him signing a new one-year contract extension. But, if in all honesty, I can see him going at the end of the season. You know, you've got to look at the, the weather in England, you know, COVID, Australia. Where would you rather be if you're from over there? You know, your family, your friends. It's right close, I think. Is it Nick Kotrick from uh, from over there? He's one of his best friends, isn't he? Um, yeah, why, why would you stay, you know, 
you've got to wait up, haven't you? If you can get more money, which you can over in Australia, why would you want to stay here, really? You know. I mean, probably in agreement. I don't think he'll leave this season. I think we'll have him definitely till the end of the year. Um, the rumours are he's been offered, like I said, to Brisbane. If Brisbane say no, um, I do follow a lot of the NRL and I've seen that Brisbane are they're chasing Mitch Moses, um, Sean Johnson's been mentioned. Different half-backs, it's been every week getting mentioned for Brisbane and they're in desperate need for a half-back like Aiden. Um So, yeah, it'd be a big loss for us if he decides that he wants to go back home. I don't think he'll join another Super League club. Don't. I do believe and I hope that if he doesn't get a deal back home, then I do probably think he'll sign a new one-year deal with us and stay with us. Um, Josh said to all here, I agree. I don't know what he is, 24, 25 time. He's still youngish. I know Watson likes him, but another player I personally look at is uh, Blake Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, Rumours are that he's fallen out with Steve Price at Warrington and Dow Powell's also going to Warrington next year and he's taking Jake Truman with him, so Widdop and Widdop wants to go home, but Blake Austin won, apparently wants out of Warrington. He's out of contract at the end of this year too, so um, Austin and Caesar played together at Canberra and seen a few comments saying that Austin was a better player at Canberra. Um, so I'd probably try and make a play for Blake Austin if he were leaving Warrington and he could get a deal back home. Um, yeah, I'd probably try make a move on Blake Austin and See if I see if he finds the challenge of Huddersfield and rather than too long here, but all depends as well. His league Ackles a big one. He's out of contract this year, I think. So what do we do with him? Do we know does Watson see Gaskell and Cogger as the answer? With, with Cogger as well, though, didn't he sign a wasn't it a one year contract with the option of another year? I think it were it were two years, wasn't it? But he had the option, didn't he? Of this was the second year an option in his favour, was it? So you know he might yeah. fancy, he might think oh, I want to go back home. You know we, we could be in a position where we've got three halfbacks. Well, I think I don't, I don't think Cogger would get an NRL deal, whereas I, th- I think Caesar hundred percent would. I, I don't think it's even a question at the I moment. The way he is, I think he'll spend this year. Learning Super League, learning Huddersfield, learning off Aiden Caesar, and then next year, we could easily, Ian Watson could just sit down and say, right, this is your team, you're the, you're the main general, you're the man, you lead us around the pitch, this is your team, and I think that quite side Cogger from what we've seen of him, um, it looks like he wants to step up with the big play, like I said, last week he kicked the 40-20, didn't he, that put us in good ball to get the first try, and it was kick that caused problems, when Josh Jones should have or didn't score yesterday. So I reckon if we just sat Cogger down and said, right, this is your team from next year, this is your your, your partner, then I think we'll go well with Cogger. I re- really do like Cogger, so I think Cogger will stay. Hopefully no NRL teams want Aiden Caesar and he has to stay putting on his field, so he has to stay with us. I, I think if Caesar signs a new one-year contract, I think Lee Gaskell will be on his way out of the club, if I'm honest. Yeah, it's interesting. Mean, we'll, we'll lose one of Gaskell or Caesar, if not both. I can't see us having all three next year because no. Ashton Golden returns at the end of May, which for me he walks back into fullback, mm-hmm. which means you have a problem then of one has to go on the bench, which for me I wouldn't put one of them on the bench because that's a waste for forward. Or do you put Gaskell on the bench and go with Adam O'Brien a full 80 minutes hooker? I don't know, but if you have an O'Brien on the bench with two forwards, you don't really want Gaskell, Cogger or Caesar sat on the bench. You're going to have to drop one. Gas is at the point of the queer where he's going to want to play every week now. Cogger's not come up from Australia to sit on the sidelines. And now he's Aiden Caesar was a marquee player. So, yeah, I do think Gask, if he's not getting played, he'll be 
end of his contract, he'll probably just say, look, I'm at a point now where I need to play every week. So, but again, like we talked about the centres, Watson makes these decisions and he gets paid the big bucks, doesn't he? So, I'm just going to throw it out there. I, I think Gaskell's a better player than Cogger. I, mean, I know Cogger's younger, but as it stands right now, I don't know what you guys think, but I think Gaskell's a better all-round player. He can play full-back. I, I think his, his stats are better. Makes more tackle busts. He's don't miss tackle. Well, he does miss tackles, but you know, Cogger's missed quite a few tackles. I, I just think, think, think Gaskell's better. Work well together. Yeah, no, no I thought that as well. Yeah. So Gaskell's your running threat. Cogger's your organizer. I think them two actually yeah. suit each other. So if Caesar was to leave and we sign Gaskell, I don't think I'd be too disheartened of giving them to a go and seeing just how they how they go. But I do fancy him what someone will want to bring on a third half back just to challenge them. Yeah. Well, yeah. does he say Ollie Russell's ready to step up? We, we've had the discussion off, so we don't think he might not be ready just yet. But for me, I, I'll keep saying it. Ollie Russell will make a super league player. He just needs to learn. And I think if he can learn off these three we've got at the club now, I think he's the future. Mm, let's move this on a little bit. So uh, last week uh, I wanted to bring this in, but we ran out of time. So uh, Huddersfield Giants women. Um, it's great to see for me. It's uh, it's really really great to see the progress made in in women's rugby league. Uh, we've seen, <clears throat> excuse me, we've seen with the England rugby union team what top end women's rugby can look like, and it's good. Um, as well as you know, Australia and the Matildas are excellent out there as well over the over there. Uh, fingers crossed for me that this is the start of something excellent, and I just really want to say a big well done to everybody involved with getting that off the ground and getting uh, Huddersfield Giants women into into the women's Super League as well. Um, I don't really want to delay on the results too much because you know for me this is a, an opportunity to expand a, a sport into an area and give opportunities to people within the local community to go and play for a Huddersfield Giants team and I think this is a, a really positive step and uh, really do wish them all well for the future Yeah 100% yeah echo that yeah you definitely want to see a Huddersfield team in the Women's Super League um, hopefully you know when uh, you know when it's safe to do so we'll get down to a few of their games uh, check them out. Um, but yeah, really positive to have Huddersfield team in the Women's Super League. Yes, I saw the clip of the try as well. I think it was a 16-year-old yeah. young last one. To, um, was it Amelia Brown? I think her name. Uh, looked, looked really good. Pacey. Busted a tackle. Ran it in. Yeah, looked, uh, looked, looked promising. All the best indeed to, uh, to that team. So, uh, right, so the final uh, topic on the agenda is uh, this week, St. Helens lying wait in the Challenge Cup, don't they? So, um, you guys, any changes? Obviously, we've discussed Jake Wardle, haven't we, already? But any changes, Nathaniel, that you would maybe bring into uh, to this one? Would you rest anybody or would you go full full on for the Challenge Cup? I'd uh, probably go full on for the Challenge Cup if you win on Friday. We're only 80 minutes away from Wembley. It's the finals in July now, I think it is. And they're saying that fans could be back in. So, I think it could be a big day for the club if we can get there. So I'd go for whack. I'd be going all out to try and win this. Um, I'd probably move Chris McQueen back into the pack if Leroy or Jake Wardle are fit. Um, if it is Jake Wardle, then like we said before, I got the decision of Latelli or Jake who moves out to the right. McQueen, I move back into the props. I believe in Josh Jones, Kenny Edwards as your, as your second row. Maybe we move Chris McQueen into the prop, but Luke Yatesen at 13. Um, yeah, you leave Gasket fullback. I can imagine your back line then picks itself if you've only got two centres fit. If you've got three fit, like I said earlier, it'd be Leroy and Jake Wardle for me. Daniel Jerry on the wing. Caesar Cogger in the half. 
props. I think he'll mix it up in the forwards. Um, I wasn't too impressed with James Gavitt yesterday, but the last time we played St. Helens, I thought he was probably one of our best forwards. He, he took on Alex Walmsley, so I'd probably give him another shot against Saints this week and see if he can redeem himself. He, he need, needs a big performance, and we need someone to match Alex Walmsley. And I think the first 20 minutes will be key of the game. We need to stay in the arm wrestle, stay in, trust the process, stay in the stay in the battle and, and battle hard. And if we, like I say, I think if we are in it at half-time and we're not 12-0 down like we were last time or any further, um, I do back us quite well in the second half against Sounds and yeah, I reckon we'll, we'll nick it by a drop goal again. I think we'll back League Askell to knock it over again and, and send us through to the semi-finals. Yeah, no, got to echo that. I mean, uh, I think it's make or break in our season this game. You might find if we if we get through to St. Ellen's game and get into the Challenge Cup semi-finals, we might go on a run. You know, give us massive confidence going into Warrington game week after. Then we've got a couple of easier games, what should be easier games following that. Um, you can't go with Sam Wood again on bench. It's an absolute waste of a forward. You never came up field against Leeds. You know, we can't be doing that against St. Ellen's. You know, you get a couple of injuries and then you're struggling, aren't you? Um, I've got to agree, I'd go Jake Wardle on the left if he's fit. Um and I'd put Leroy on the right. You know, he's, he's more used to playing with Jerry. I, I wouldn't want to put Lou Telly, um, you know, in with Jerry when he's never played there with him before against, you know, St. Helens. Um, yeah, go Gasky at fullback. Um, I'd probably start with Adam O'Brien against St. Helens. Um, I just think he's the better out of the two. He's nippier. And I think, you know, we need we need to just tighten his defence up. He's better defensively for me than, than Cunningham. Um, I liked what we did at the weekend. He just switched him over at half time, didn't he? So we we didn't use to save a sub. Um, I quite liked what he did there, and I probably do the same again. You know, I'd tell O'Brien to come on, go full out, all out forty minutes, and then bring him off at half time and get Cunningham on. Um, and then yeah, it's just who we playing the forwards then. Like I said, yeah, McQueen back into the pack. Um, I personally won't play Gavitt. Just not a fan of him. You know, he makes some silly errors at stupid times and I don't think we can afford to do that against St. Helens, but I do agree he played well a couple of weeks ago against them. Um, I'd probably bring in, bring back Jack Ashworth. Um, I'd probably start McQueen and I'd like to see English start, to be honest. You know, I think he's he were our best forward when he came on at the weekend. You know, he, he, were, he were tackling well. He was running in hard. And I, I just think we've just got to match them that first 20. And then you put, your, you know, get your likes of Yates on, in sec, you know, a little bit later and Bruno. Um, but I think we just need to up his intensity that first 20 minutes. We need to we need to be there or thereabouts at half-time. You know, if we're 6, 12 points down at half-time, I can't say his winning game. Um, but I've got a sneaky feeling that we will win this week. For me, I'd, I'd pretty similar to what you just said. Um, if Jake Waddle's fit, he comes straight into the team for me on the left centre. And if that was the case, then I'd, I'd probably put uh, Latelli on the right centre. But if, if then again, if Leroy's fit, maybe that changes again, as we discussed earlier. So two of those three in the centres, if if fit, obviously. I'd rather have McQueen in the forwards. Uh, agree with what you said, Jake, about Gave. Uh, I wouldn't be playing him um, in this game. I just don't think he deserves to play, really. After yesterday, I wasn't really that impressed with, with what how he went. I think there's Ollie Wilson you've got sat there. You know, he's not as big, but he'll put in a better shift, in my opinion. I think he's more a more reliable player. Um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to slate Gavi or anything. I'm just, I'm just not really impressed, to be honest. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, that's the only that's the only major change that I'd make from from yesterday's lineup. Um, yeah, Gave out and Jake Wardle or Leroy in. Mm. It looks it looks to me that there needs to be some kind of absorption, if you like, um, from from uh, for Alex Wormsley and and Gave. Mm. You know, big lad. You know, he can absorb a lot of what Alex Wormsley takes. Uh, but you know, it's ball in hand, maybe where you're a bit more worried, really, than than, than some yeah. some of the defensive work. Uh, yeah, so for me, um, I, I liked uh, the sound of what Jake said. Um, I think Ashworth might have a, a point to prove as well, so that might be a, a good reason to bring him back in as well. So that's, that's definitely if Leroy's fit, excellent getting back in, and uh, and I'd go with Jake Wardle on the left as well. But you know, you don't try not to change a winning side too much. Um, but yeah, Ashworth, uh, Ashworth definitely in, and uh, and those two centers. So what we're going to do prediction wise, I'm going to go 1912 to uh, St Helens. Um, how about you? Uh, I'll go 25-24. Like I said before, Lee Gaskill dropped goal, I think. Hopefully they'll all pile out and see you again and Gaskill step up and be the hero he was yesterday. Um, so, yeah, I'll back Lee Gaskill and the boys to do it by a point. Josh? I don't, I don't want to be sounding negative, but I think it'll be very similar to the league game. I think they'll score first, maybe the first two tries. And then we'll uh, get ourselves in the arm wrestle and stick with them. But I, I think it'll be like similar how the league game went. It'll, feel, it'll always feel like they're just a bit out of reach, a bit out of striking distance. So I think it'll be a similar scoreline. I'm going to go Saints 22, Giants 12. Jake, Mr. Positive yeah, there. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Giants 22, St. Ellen's 18. You know, I think um, a lot of St. Ellen's fans, if you look look on their forum after their game against Lee, they were very disappointed. And a lot of them think that a loss is just around the corner for them. It seems like they were pretty lucky to escape a couple of, uh, you know, players banned for this game, which me and Nathaniel spoke about that earlier in the week. We knew they'd get away with it. Seems to be uh, odds on. They've got a few injuries as well, you know. Um, Bentley went off injured. I think Batchelor got an head knock. He's unlikely to play. Jill Thompson's still out. So they've got a few players who didn't play last time out, you know, and they could be a little bit weaker. I think that could, uh, you know, could, could do us some good, really, you know, in terms of forward. Thompson's a class act, isn't he, from NRL? Um, you know, and, and Bentley's his defence is absolutely brilliant. So I think uh, I'm a little bit little bit optimistic this week. I think we'll play out of the bag. We think this is sort of a, a free hit kind of game. You know, we've, we've come into the game on the back of a win. Is a Challenge Cup game. We're not expected to win, so no. and if we lose, it's not it's not going to harm our league position. So, do we think it's maybe a bit of a free hit game? I do. Yeah, um, I'm actually thinking over today. We're 2009 semi final at Warrington. We mm. played obviously Sounds in the Challenge Cup, and they they had lost in the Challenge Cup. I did for two years, and we went over there, and no one gave us a chance that day from the outside. Everyone was saying, "Oh, Giants will get beat." Same for another final, and we managed to beat them, and. There's actually a video on YouTube with a Super League TV speak to the Giants lads, and I think it was Luke Robinson that said, we don't care what people on the outside think. We believed in ourselves, and we knew we could do it. And I just feel if that the squad now have got that same attitude, if they believe in themselves, and we, we did well against them the, two weeks ago last week. We played really well, and with that just extra bit of cutting edge now, season, we think season's about fully fit. He looked good again, and we just have that different bit of cutting edge, and, and you believe in yourself, then... It doesn't really matter that no one's giving you a chance. Um, I know that St. Helens, they have a big plus this week and Tommy Makerson will probably be back on the right edge. They've got Percival's getting back fully fit. They've Kevin Agamel moved back to centre, but then what do they do with 
Jack Wellsby, who for me is too good to be left out of their team. Where you fit him in, that's up to their coach. But yeah, I think their backs will be their key. Like I say, few forward missing looks like Bentley broke his leg, so fingers crossed he's okay. And like I say, hopefully Thompson's still out just for another week and Mike Lees is out of there. So Bachelor, like I say, Bachelor Head knock he's out. Morgan Knowles. Morgan Knowles in fit. So they have got a few missing it forward. So I just think we just need to kick well. Um, I'd probably kick to Tommy Makinson. You have this dilemma when you play to Ellen. Do you kick to Makinson and restrict his yards on the first tackle because you know how dangerous you can be with broken defence? Or do you kick to Regan Grace who's not as good in the end? could probably get a mistake out of him now and again. So I think it all depends on field position. If we're going to look at kicking long and restricting yards, let's go to Makinson. Let's kick high, make him catch it. When he catches it, we're there waiting for him. Put him on his, put him on his backside early doors and don't let him run at you because he's He's uh he's there, Jermaine McGilvery. He gets them off to a good start. Yeah. He gets their sets rolling. And has he played this year? He has, yeah. He's been the last two games and injured. Right. The last two or three, he's been injured. So if he's back, I think it was his foot. Um, he was named in there twenty-one for the league and then did play. So I presume yeah. he's, he's going to be back this week. So I think he'll be back this week. So I think the key is yeah, stop Tommy Makers and he's like, so he'll get their roll on. Then Walmsley and their forwards then come off the back of that. So I think Makers is their big player. So let's target him and let's restrict his yards and then hopefully Saints forwards when we're missing a few won't be as dangerous and we can, like I said, we can get on top and hopefully sneak the victory. Mm. Two predictions for defeat and two predictions for victory. So hopefully it's going to be a, a tight and, uh, and enthralling game that we're going to have this Friday. So that's all we've got time for this week. So thank you again for tuning in. Um, let us know how it's going. Uh, let us know via uh, via social media, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, uh, just let us know via um, fee54.com and the Giants at Giants fanzine. Uh, that's it for this week. Thanks, Nathaniel. Thanks, Jake. Uh, thanks, Josh. And uh, let's hear that Giants winning song. <laughs>